Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. I estimated a length of time we would be in this book, and I don't know, it's going, going a little quicker at the moment. We're going to talk about a mystery made known tonight. I was tempted to preach on these 13 verses, verses 1 through 13, for three weeks, three different messages. And I'm not going to do that. However, in breaking down two of those, I am going to start with an intro of one way I wanted to preach it. It, it introduces where we are and where Paul is very well with the church. And then we're going to get into the message. So looking at this from one angle and just giving a brief introduction, we're going to look at Paul for a minute and three things about Paul in this portion of Scripture. We're going to look at his incarceration, his insight, and his instruction. If you see chapter 3 there in verse 1, Paul says, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, we already know that Paul is in prison. He wrote this letter from prison as he wrote some others. He's been in prison a couple of years at this point, up to five years already when he writes this letter. He's chained to Roman soldiers, guards, if you will, day in and, and day out. Don't you know that they heard about Jesus Christ? But nevertheless, you think about his condition and, and where he is. He's in prison. He was doing the will of God when he went to prison. He was preaching the gospel. He was sharing the truth with Gentiles. And living your life in the will of God, it's very possible that we might not think we would end up in such a condition. Paul probably did not think that as he went on his journey witnessing that he would end up in prison. But that's where he finds himself. And he doesn't, he refers to himself as a prisoner, but he doesn't refer to himself as a prisoner of the Jews, say. He's... He doesn't title himself as a prisoner of Rome. He doesn't say he's a prisoner of Caesar. He says, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Paul can't figure out everything that's going on. But God had Paul right where he wanted him. Paul knew that God allowed or God caused him to be there. He believed it. So he has a certain perception of his time in prison. There's not a power to positive thinking, but there is a power to perception of the things we go through when we perceive them from God's point of view. God confined him, yet expanded his ministry and expanded the effectiveness of him as he used him. He believed 
that though he was in prison, that God was in control. That God was in control of his circumstances. You know, if Paul would have viewed himself as being in prison because of the enemy, because of the devil, because of the Jews hating what he was doing, it would have discouraged him. He could have become greatly depressed. But he titled himself with an honorable title as he held it. He was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Perspective is everything. In the trials that we go through. And in the things that we face in life. Not positive thinking, but perspective to learn to see things from God's point of view. To keep pressing on just believing God has something great in store. And God used Paul in a great way in prison. He, he, he had him there and he used them there to reach people he would have never reached otherwise. How we view our events of life, are more, it's more important than the events of life itself that we go through. How we view them, our per, uh, perception of them. He's incarcerated, but he's a prisoner of Jesus Christ. We're going to look in verses 2 through 6 at Paul's insight. Paul has a mystery revealed to him. You know, God's giving Paul the word right now. The entire word of God is not complete in written form at this time. I like to say in written form because you understand the word of God has always been. The word of God had no beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The God is eternal, no beginning and no ending. And, and he's the word. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word is Jesus Christ. God created all things through Jesus Christ. So when we say the Bible wasn't complete, we're talking about the Bible in written form. God is using Paul uh, right now in, in, in the completing of it in written form for all of God's created people to be able to have. But the word of God always was. But here it wasn't complete in written form. So you have Paul, the apostle, the last apostle. No more apostles after Paul. It doesn't matter what you see on a marquee sign in front of a, a, a holy looking religious building. If someone has that title in front of their names. Paul was the last apostle. And Paul was given revelation here. Paul was given revelation and it was, it was something new. It was something fresh. It was something he had never known before. It was something the people had never heard before. And he was about to speak brand new revelation. Wow, that's a good way to get people's attention. Now, people say they're doing that today. People are always looking for something supposedly fresh and new. Run from that. 
If, if that is the way things are addressed to you today, it's the same old word of God, the same good old sacred word of God to be given over and over. There's no new revelation. But here the Apostle Paul has new revelation to give to the people. An unveiling of a mystery. He calls it a mystery here. Paul is about to give truth never given before. He has a divine secret. And in his case it's true. And it's real. And it's from God. It's special insight. And we're about to get into that in a minute. But we'll see toward the end. Paul's instruction. Paul's not a pretender. Paul did not call himself to preach God's word. God called him to preach. God saved him. And put him in ministry. And made him a preacher of the word. God empowered him. And gave him everything he needed to do it. And Paul never desired any praise for what he did or what he was used for. But that God would be praised. For all of the writing that God used Paul for, God gets the glory for it. So let's look into this after we see these three things about Paul. We see where Paul is now, where he's writing, what he's writing. Now let's look at what's going on. Let's look at the revealing of a mystery. Verses 1 through 6. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me, unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit." That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. There's a mystery that has been revealed here. This new revelation that was given is the fact that the Gentiles are being saved. The Gentiles are coming into the body of Christ with the Jews. There's going to be Gentiles and Jews together now in the body of Christ. They are going to be in the church together. That's what the mystery was. That's what was not known. The, the gospel was known. The grace of God was known. But the binding together of Gentiles with Jews. This was a responsibility given to Paul. This was the message he was to give. And it's pretty difficult in the initial thoughts of this, I'm sure, to think about the Jews who were high-minded of themselves. They thought they were of a, a better ethnicity than the Gentiles. They thought they were supreme to another people group. And, and so they did everything they could to stay separated from the Gentiles. And now the word from God through Paul is, hey, they 
have been bought into the family of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. They are in the body of Christ and, and they are the church with you. They are going to serve with you. It's going, there's going to be a togetherness now. Paul was responsible for this and, and what a tough task was given to him. Because of the attitude of the Jews. No matter what the Jews experience ever was. In an instant. In an event. With the Gentiles. They, they weren't better than the Gentiles. No matter what their attitude was. Or their thought was. Or how they tried to justify a separation from them. It was lose-lose for the Gentiles. When God was for all people being saved. And everyone entering the body of Christ. There would be no justification by the Jews to go against God in this. In a lose-lose situation. Nevertheless, it was a difficult task. And it was given to Paul. To let them know of the body of Christ. So as, as he does talk about this unifying of Jews and Gentiles, notice some things that Paul says. When he said in verse 1 that he's a prisoner of Jesus Christ, he says, for you Gentiles. Paul was preaching the gospel to the Gentiles when he was put in prison. He, was, he sacrificed of himself in ministry to preach to the Gentiles who he was called to preach to. And he calls this mystery of combining these different skins, these different people groups, he calls the mystery that he's presenting from God, he calls it the mystery of Christ. And in past chapters, he said other things leading up to this. In chapter 1 and verse 10, he says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Paul was given the stewardship of this ministry, of this conflicting Ministry, if you will, in the minds and the hearts of the people in their flesh. But he was faithful to do it. He was faithful to carry out the responsibility that God gave him. Paul was never looking to win a popularity contest. He was looking to be faithful to God. There are times when we are going to find ourselves in a situation where people aren't going to like the stand you take. But God is worth taking a stand for. It's worth taking a stand for what's right. When, when others fall away, when, when others' feelings are hurt, nobody wants to do that, but there's a stand that needs to be taken, and we need to be faithful to take that stand. And there is the revealing of the mystery that Paul was faithful to make known. Look in verses 7 through 9. At Paul's relying for the ministry. Whereof I was made a minister. According to the gift of the grace of God. 
given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Paul didn't call himself to preach. Paul was called of God to preach. Paul did not think highly of himself because of the position God had called him to. Paul didn't think, well, I must be a remarkable speaker for God to call me. Paul didn't say, I know I can write really well. So that's why God called me to this. Paul didn't think anything of himself for what he was doing in the work of God. It was God doing it all through him. It wasn't in Paul's education or Paul's power that he was in the position that he was in in ministry. That that assisted in carrying out the work of God. It was simply the will of God for Paul's life. Just as God has a will for every single one of our lives. And it doesn't depend on our talents. It doesn't depend on what we can do. The least likely in our minds for a certain position in ministry or serving the Lord. That person will be the one who comes up. Who God calls to that. You you never know how it's going to go. It's relying on The Lord for ministry, though, that's what Paul did. Paul became someone he had never been before. Paul was able to do things he had never been able to do before. And that's what God does in our life. God calls us and he gives us and empowers us in every way for what we need to be able to serve the Lord. Paul didn't desire any praise to himself, but Paul desired that God would be praised. That God would get the credit for the great things that was seen in the life of Paul. God helped him carry it out. In chapter 2, two different times, we were brought to a place of remembering. Remembering where we came from. God used Paul to write that. And Paul wrote it. You can imagine Paul preached it. And Paul lived what he preached. Here God has saved him. And God has him doing the amazing things that he's doing in ministry. And Paul says, I am less than the least of all saints. And that's not a false humility that he was given off to try to cover some pride about what he was doing. That was genuine in the Lord. Paul remembered where he came from and what God was doing through his life. Two times within these three verses we just read, seven through nine, Paul speaks of the grace given to him to do what he does. Paul says in another letter, 
by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's only by God's grace that we can do what we do in the Lord. And it's a privilege to do it. That's how Paul saw ministry. That's how Paul saw the work of the Lord. He saw it as an honor to be able to serve God. Ministry can be tough. And I'm not just talking about for a preacher or a song leader or deacon and treasurer or anything like that. I'm talking about for all Christians. All Christians are called to ministry of some sort. And it can be conflicting. And there can be tough things that happen. Jesus promised that we would. But Paul saw it as an honor to participate in ministry for the Lord. You look in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and you'll find so many things that Paul suffered for the sake of Christ and for serving the Lord. But Paul saw it as an honor. The mystery, the mystery of the Gentiles, it was a trying task. Can you imagine introducing this revelation from God to the Jews? But Paul delighted. He delighted in serving the Lord. He delighted in what he did. Paul counted all service to God as a delight. He worked hard in the Lord and it was a joy to him no matter what it was. I was on the job for some 14 years before coming here and and when I started people pegged me. They said I won't last six months. I guess I fooled them. I was there 14 years. But I fell into the same trap they did. When, it, when other people knew would start, I, they're not going to last. They're not going to do it. We, we had a little saying, a lot of fire under them, they're just going to burn up. In other words, they're not going to do anything. That wasn't Paul with ministry and, and, and the difficulties of it. Or it, it being a heavenly work that we are not qualified for. He loved it. And he didn't burn up in the work. He, he found himself uh, seeing it as a privilege and a pleasure in doing the work of God. He discovered that God's work is not a drag. But it pays to serve God. He found that out. And I tell you what, that gets a Christian hooked. When we see that how much it pays to serve God. And the blessing of maybe being in the world, but not of the world, and of the things of God in our lives. Paul saw it, and Paul counted it an honor. He discovered that the work of God was something to be merry in. Paul was merry in ministry, though ministry could have been hard work. And it was, and it is for us today. It can be very difficult. It's impossible for you and I to do what God has called us to do. But the same thing that was done through Paul is done through us. We see in verse 7 at the end of the verse where Paul says he was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Aren't you glad to know that everything God requires of us, He empowers us to do it? God's not unfair, and things ultimately are not impossible for the child of God. Whatever He calls us to, He will give us the ability to do it. 
We, sh we should be more confident in the work of God than, it, than in anything else that we would do in life on this earth. That the heavenly work that He gives us to do, He promises, He promises to give us everything we need to be able to do it. So Paul boldly did it. He boldly did it and because he knew that God would help him to carry it out. Paul was preaching things that he himself didn't even know. Things that he had never heard before. Things the people had never heard before. But he was given these things by revelation of God. He was given by God the ability to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. We're, we are not going to know all of the unsearchable riches of Christ while we're on this earth. Some of them we will not know until heaven. But God gave Paul enough. To give to the people. To encourage them to be able to serve the Lord. That word unsearchable in that phrase. It's bottomless. It speaks of being uh, impossible to comprehend. Impossible to understand. And then to explain. That's what the unsearchable riches of Christ is. But God gave Paul some revelation. For some of it. To give to the people in verse nine. And it says, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of this ministry of this mystery. Paul confidently addressed what would be so conflicting to the Jews. In that they were to accept the Gentiles, they were to accept them as Fellow children of God, accept them as equal, accept them in the church, serve together with them. Paul was confident to address this, knowing it was God's will for him, knowing this was God's will and it was God's will for him to share this with the people and that it would be God working in him, the relying in the ministry. We we talk so often about what a great Christian Paul was. What a great servant he was. But Paul talks so often about God empowering him to do it. God giving everything that he had to be able to do it. God getting the glory from him for everything that he did. The Lord can be relied on. Not just by Paul. The Lord can be relied on. By you and I. For everything that he calls us to do. I just wonder how many wince. From the calling of God. In their lives. Whatever it may be. When the precious promises of God. Are there to say. I will be there for you. I will be there with you. I will empower you. You will be successful. If you will rely on me. And speaking of that, let's close with these last verses here. Verses 10 through 13. We'll just call this the repeating of the message. To the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church 
the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me just stop right there for a minute. Jesus saved Paul's life and Paul gave his life in service to the Lord. He preached the glorious gospel. He pioneered the unifying of Jews and Gentiles together in the body of Christ. And now we see that what he did, it was given to the church to do now. The church at Ephesus and the Lord's true churches today. Paul's ministry was to, verse 9, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the ministry. Well, all men includes men and women today. I mean, all includes everyone. But Paul couldn't reach all. Paul couldn't do it with all. Paul's in glory now. And we're here. God has left his church in this world. And we have been given the work that Paul was doing. This work is for us to delight in, just as Paul delighted in it. To be confident in the work because of the promise to, of God to help. For you to know and for me to know that we have divine aid in what we're called to do and to carry it out. The evangelizing of this world, it's a precious privilege. It, it stings me within as I, as I study this alone through the week and think about maybe other times where, where I've been more of, a, more of a witness, had a greater desire to witness, and, and where did I let that go? And, and where did I let that get away? Where did I let some things get too busy when, when we have the greatest privilege we have that was given to Paul, that's given to you and I as well? The saving and the binding together of all faces in this human race, that all would be saved, and that God would bring all into His church, Bringing all things together in one in Christ. He's made us a part of that. He's made us a part of this work. We have no more important thing to do than to evangelize this world. To see them saved. To see them baptized. To bring them into the church. And to teach them all things. What a privilege. The angels are pretty intrigued by this. You look here, and it, when it speaks of the principalities and powers in heavenly places, this is, this is the angels watching the church at work. They're very interested in the work of God that's going on. Angels cannot experience salvation but they're excited about salvation. They don't know the personal experience of it. But they know, they know what happens to God's peculiar creation. When they trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Angels are watching in this work. There will never be a more impacting 
more important conversation that takes place other than the Lord Jesus Christ and His eternal salvation brought up in conversation to a lost soul. The power of the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It's the dynamite of God. The gospel is the dynamite of God unto salvation. And its power amazes the angels and it causes people to make a decision. That's, that's one thing about the power of the gospel is that one will, will, accept, will receive Jesus Christ or reject Jesus Christ. A decision will be made. It may be along the, the lines of, of the, the, watering, the planting and the watering of the seed. But a decision is made when the gospel of Jesus Christ is presented. And it's to be presented to everyone. God wants to save everyone. What a great work. And this grace that was given to Paul... Is given to the church. It's given to us. To carry out now. And we're. We're made to be confident in this. In this. Look at the second to last verse. Look at verse 12. It says in whom. Speaking of Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness. And access with confidence. By the faith of him. It's something we have confidence in. It's something to be encouraged in. Look at verse 13. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. There was a time where Paul was persecuted for preaching the gospel. And there were others who got a little quiet. God called evangelists closing their mouths. Because of the persecution that Paul went through. But when they heard of the amazing ministry that was going on in prison through Paul. God never stopped using Paul. They were encouraged. And they started sharing the gospel again. So that souls might be saved. Paul says, don't faint at my tribulation for you. It always comes at a price to sacrifice ourselves for God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Happy are you. We're not to stop because of anything that may come upon us in a persecuting type of way for serving the Lord. So Paul encourages them in that. And to give you enough time to sing some praises to God and, and to have a time of prayer. We'll just, we'll just close with a thought. God has saved us. And what has He saved us for while we're on this earth? A good prayer for you and I is, Lord, may I be doing everything You have saved me to do while I'm on this earth. It's such a short time. It's such a short time before faith is sight. Before, before it's too late, eternally too late for some. So here we are, saved and left on this earth. 
we can make sure we're doing all that God has called us to do. It starts with doing everything we know to do. There are many things that we know to do for the Lord, to do in the Lord, that He wants to use us for. And as we do, He's going to add more. He's going to add something specific to lives here tonight that He wants to use you for while you're on this earth. Oh, we praise Paul, and we think about all the great things that he has done. Let us consider all the great things that our God, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, wants to do with us now by the effectual working of his power in our lives. Let's go ahead and, and break the service in a word of prayer, and the young people are going to exit with me. And then you sing praises to his name and 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 praise.